1: A riveting NBL season has something of a scriptwriter's dream for its grand final series. The Sydney Kings will defend their title in a best of five game series, of course, against a team who have to be the sentimental favourites. The New Zealand Breakers, who have gone from wooden spooners, savaged by COVID restrictions last year, to a potential championship. It's a series fitting for a league that continues to rise under the stewardship of NBL owner Larry Kesselman. Larry, good morning to you and welcome to SEN. Good morning. Did we get the grand final series we wanted, Larry?
0: I think we did. And I think it is a bit of a dream. Look, we had Jack Jumpers last year in their first year of uh, being in the competition. That was a uh, absolutely script we couldn't have written better. And New Zealand with their um, trials and tribulations of the last couple of years, it's just uh, an incredible story.
1: For you in your position, I imagine it's almost you know hard to lose, isn't it? If the Kings win, you get a back-to-back winner and all the fanfare of that. And if it is the Breakers, well, what a rags-to-riches story.
0: Yeah, well, Sydney has been the best team in the competition for the last couple of years. I think uh, that's something that's pretty obvious. But no, no doubt you've got the Australia versus New Zealand rivalry. And I think there would be a lot of Australians also cheering on the underdog in, in New Zealand, especially considering what they and the team suffered of uh, being dislocated out of New Zealand uh, through COVID. So you can't help but be super happy for them as well.
1: Larry, what are we to make of the 12-day wait, I think it is, between two, and they were, two great semifinal series and all the momentum from the season, you know, stalling for these FIBA World Cup qualifiers?
0: Well, I think we can't forget how important the NBL is for the success of our men's boomers team. I think it's part of our job and part of our duty to make sure that we're successful on the international scale. We provide a lot of players and uh, and the players love it. So uh, it's maybe not ideal. I think a, a little break is not a bad thing. We have a lot of very, very uh, beat-up players who've played a lot of games in, in quick succession. So uh, a little break would have been good. This is probably a little too long, but um, we don't choke away from our responsibility to help uh, the national team of um, of the Boomers.
1: And without getting bogged down the nitty-gritty of calendars and scheduling, it obviously couldn't be avoided? There was there was no way to obviously, or must have been difficult, to keep them apart?
0: No, no. Unfortunately, we've got two windows that uh, go smack bang in the middle of our season. We'll have a look in the future if we can at least try to avoid one, but, but it is hard. Uh, but having said that, it's okay. In the middle, we have the Boomers playing, so we'll... We'll have the fans engaged with that where they can watch a lot of their um, NBL stars playing on the national scale. So that's good. And then we'll get uh, ready and get into the grand final series. It should be an absolute doozy, sort of best of five. And uh, I think it'll be very, very close and a very tight series.
1: The NBL is obviously a 10-team model, Larry, and there's some teams within that setup that are absolutely thriving. All teams are doing well. What are your philosophies and thoughts On expansion. I mean, there is expanding for expanding sake, but overarching, what are your philosophies and thoughts on it as we sit here at the start of 23? Uh,
0: We're we're absolutely against expansion for the sake of expansion. We do want to grow our fan base. That's our number one goal. And there are some, I think, obvious places that we should have a look at. And there are some that uh, are maybe going to be a little more challenging. So we're in a really privileged position and we don't take that for granted because it wasn't that way, you know, five or 10 years ago mm. where pretty much every state wants another team and states that don't have it want the team. So lots of, lots of inquiry and we're assessing a lot of opportunities, but there'll be nothing done um, quickly. And it's about making sure that there's absolute merit in commerciality and growing our fan base. So nothing is going to be done as a knee-jerk reaction. We don't feel we need to expand for the sake of expansion. So um stay tuned there will be growth in this league over the let's say look at the next five years i'd be surprised if there was not a new team over the next five years but uh it's not something we're rushing into
1: you touched on it there but what of the interest what have you made of the interest for, for new for new teams new franchises new owners
0: well there's there's definite in people thinking why do we not have a team for example in canberra uh, and there are challenges uh, canberra i think deserves. Um, NBL basketball, but we currently don't have a venue to play in that is up to our standards, and we won't compromise and and go backwards. And what the fans expect now, what um, what people see around, not just Australia but around the world. So until there is a place where we can uh, play games at a certain level, mm. we just won't go there. So there's conversations, but uh, a lot of that in Canberra depends on the government and what happens with the venues. So that's a logical place. There's conversations around. Gold Coast, which is, uh, you know, has transformed and I'm going up there to have a look. Uh, We've had teams go there before and uh, unfortunately did not survive. So I need to be convinced that that is a place that is now transformed and not just a holiday destination, but one that can sustain a full-time team so darwin there's, there's lots of conversations around you know second team in sydney so lots of opportunities and that's a great place to be but we're certainly not rushing into anything
1: i know you probably don't want to be tied to numbers but ideally speaking is it a blueprint of one new license before something like 2026 is it two is it three is there an ideal number
0: no, I don't think it's around numbers. Uh, I think it's around the reasoning why we're putting this team in. Uh, we have aspirations going outside of Australia. I've said many times that we're looking how do we expand our league and the eyeballs and the fan base outside of Australia into Asia. Uh, we're the second best league in the world outside of the NBA only. And to be located in this region, the time zones of Asia, uh, that's where we're looking a bit further. To how do we attract more interest? Uh, out of those regions. Uh, They look at us as almost NBA-like and uh, how do we get more interest out of them? So that's where we're looking outside of Australia. And then locally, it has to make absolute sense, both commercially and does it grow the fan base? That's what we care about.
1: There's also been interest in the existing clubs as well, of course. So some high-profile people putting their Nick Kyrgios recently, of course, Andrew Bogut, we know, a bunch of current and former NBA players. So you've got uh, High-profile people investing their money in the existing clubs as well, which is exciting.
0: Yeah, look, it's. I think it's a bit of that uh, cool factor. Uh, NBL <laughs> is now cool to be second best of anything in the world. I don't care what it is that you do or what business you're in. If you're the second best in the world at anything, it'll attract a lot of interest. So yeah. we've got, I think I've lost track of how many current NBA players um, out of the U.S. that, for example, we have, I um, couldn't tell you, I would guess it's probably 15, 20 now, all around the league, all different types of celebrities and, and people that are um, interested in being involved. They're now very viable and valuable businesses. Uh, you know, Jack Jumpers is something that we're talking about now that we own as a league, and we'll be looking to find the rightful owners for that in the off season. So huge amount of interest, and, and rightly so. It's a wonderful product. Uh, we've got con- constant sellout crowds. I think we're going to crack a million people attending games. It's, uh, it's going from strength to strength and very proud, especially how we got through COVID and to have come out and now be at the level or even potentially surpass the level of uh, attendance and interest pre-COVID. I'm very proud of what, uh, what the sport is doing.
1: We're speaking to NBL owner Larry Kesselman. Larry, you touched on them there, but Tasmania have obviously been a big topic of conversation in our major football code here, which is the AFL, obviously, and that, that's ongoing. But what have the Jack Jumpers taught you about Tasmanians and their love for a team of their own?
0: Well, I think it's the same anyway. Tasmania is no different, I think, to other parts of the world or Australia. Uh, they deserve a sporting team that they can get behind and uh, and Barry can support. And what it also does for communities and kids, and, and get them out playing a sport, and I don't actually care which sport. People <clears throat> want to be inspired, and Jack Jumpers have done exactly that. Uh, Tasmania hasn't had a full-time professional team on a national competition that they can all get behind, and the support has been uh, enormous. It's it's actually it's actually I can't even believe how much they love this team. So it's quintessential Tasmanian. Uh, the, my team on the ground has done a great job. The coach, Scott Roth, is a, 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 a bit of a celebrity in Tassie now. He's a, a bit of an icon. So they love it. They've embraced the working-class nature of the team, uh, defending the island uh, slogan. It's their team. That's how they feel. They, they feel like it's a team that they can all get behind, and they absolutely love it. There's been, uh, the, the venue's been sold out for every game since its inception, and I can tell you the noise over the crowd is second to none. The atmosphere is just electric, and if anyone ever wants to go to a special event. If you can get a ticket, uh, head down to Tasmania and and, uh, have a look. Mm -hmm.
1: You touched on the overseas involvement, I guess, when it comes to expansion. I mean, what of Asia? I mean, clearly eyeballs out of Asia and getting the NBL exposure over there is something you'd like to do. And a a lot of people, Larry, of course, and you've spoken about them a lot recently, have fond memories of the, the Singapore slingers from, from back in the day. So you would consider a similar concept in the future. Obviously it proved cost prohibitive around Singapore and travel and the like back, back at that time. But, You wouldn't rule out um, exploring another opportunity there? No,
0: I wouldn't rule it out. I I think, and I don't know exactly who was the mastermind in the original thought process. I think they were on the right track. I think the thought process was right. Uh, I maybe disagree a little bit with the execution. I -hmm. think it was not that they had the wrong idea. I think maybe maybe the way they went about it uh, is not how we're gonna do it. We'll look at it a bit differently. Uh, I think just relocating a lot of Australian players to a different location is not the right way to go about it. I think you need local representation. I think the people, wherever the team is going to be based, um, need to feel like it's their team. It's not an Australian team located in uh, Singapore, wherever it might be. It needs to have a local Uh, Influence, so it's a matter of finding Asian players, even if they're not all from that same country. But uh, it needs to have a local flavour to it. Otherwise, uh, I don't think it's the right model. So we'll we'll need to refine what it is that an Overseas team looks like, if that's something we can get off the ground and. We're working closely with Basketball Australia and FIBA uh, to see if that's a concept that will work.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you how advanced those talks were because, Larry, obviously from the outside looking at something that's probably been spoken about ever since the, it stopped happening, you know, and it's easy to throw out there without any sort of meat on the bone. But, I mean, conversations are happening, basically.
0: They are. They are. And uh, I have to say they're very productive and I think there's merit because... Uh, I think FIBA and Basketball Australia understand why it's great, not just for us, but why it's great for the Asian sector of basketball. It's a global game. Uh, People want this part of the world to keep getting better. Um, We're ranked third in the world um, as a country, small country, 25 million population ranked third in the world. They're sort of wondering what's going on here and why... Why we're successful and they'd love to see other countries around Asia uh, improve and improve very quickly. And a, and a great way to do it is to be involved in a high level competition on an ongoing basis. So there's merit not just for us as Australia, but it's a mutual benefit to whichever country or countries we, we get involved in the sport will produce great athletes for them.
1: I wanted to discuss quickly, Larry, the NBA with you. I know the commissioner over there, Adam Silver's poured you know cold water on it in the past, but would you like to think, or do you believe it's a matter of when and not if an NBA game or games might be able to be played here?
0: I think we absolutely deserve to have games here. I also understand why NBA is a bit hesitant to bring them here. I think they have a limited number of games that they can take overseas and uh australia is a very mature market for them so it's a commercial question for the nba um they're very very sophisticated and they would have all the research to say what they're trying to achieve from the growth of the game and their business globally so they go to places like london tokyo uh, i think this mexico conversations so they're trying to grow their business globally and they sort of realize by coming to australia Um, NBA is already very very strong in Australia and we have a strong NBL so what are they going to actually achieve except for commercial outcomes so they're always tossing up where is most growth going to be for them that's how they think about it and Mm. uh, we keep lobbying I know Basketball Australia keeps lobbying and we we, we won't give up we'll we'll keep at it Uh, I mean Jeremy the commissioner is over there now I'm heading over in March we'll continue those conversations and keep encouraging but Ultimately, NBA will obviously do what's, uh, what's good for the NBA.
1: Now, I know our clubs have been over there before during the preseason, especially to play games against NBA clubs. But Adam Silver said something yesterday, Larry, that uh, raised my eyebrows. That the concept for them of a, an in-season tournament that they've spoken about for some time during their regular season. And he did discuss the possibility of clubs from outside the NBA coming to play in this tournament. Is that something that you would look to get involved in as well?
0: Absolutely. We'd love to. As soon as there's an opportunity to get involved, we'd uh, we'd love to see if we can um, go over and play. We've taken every opportunity uh, without sacrificing our own season, but take the opportunity to uh, take teams over to the U.S. So it's, it's something that's important for the players. It's something that's important for the coaches. It's not us trying to, you know, compete against NBA clubs. Mm. It's actually us trying to improve uh, and giving the opportunity to expose our players and uh, our style of basketball uh, to them and to the world. And uh, our our level of play has stood up better than any other uh, against the NBA teams to the point we've had clubs come close and we finally had um, the Adelaide 36ers beating the Phoenix Suns in the preseason. This year, we're very competitive and they love it. And there's a lot of interest with NBA clubs wanting to play more NBL clubs. It's just a matter of how do we work that into with our schedule and their pre-season. So it's more the logistics challenge um, Mm. of more clubs
1: playing. Of course, it'd be fantastic though if it came to pass. And before we let you go, Larry, I haven't seen anything on this for a while, but I just have to finish with, I I call it the wooing of Bronny Jane, son of LeBron, of course, uh, to play in the NBL next season. Is it still alive, Larry?
0: Well, we haven't had a no, put it to that way. We (laughs) do hear the fact that I've heard that Money is not really their uh, concern. Uh, I think that's fair to say. Um, so what we're hearing is that uh, college is probably the pathway for him. But I think we want to be in there and being a serious consideration. Um, so I have not heard whether it's a yes or a no. But uh, I think it's a long shot. So, but we'll we'll keep on trying. That's uh, oh, yeah. that's no, what we're going to do.
1: No, no's are a good thing for now. Surely we'll take that. <laughs> that's it. Hey, Larry. We'll take it. Great to talk to you, mate. Safe travels whenever that comes to be. And obviously, uh, wish all the best for the NBL Grand Final Series. Cannot wait for it. The Kings and the Breakers at the end of a magnificent season. Thanks a lot for your time yep. this morning.
0: Pleasure. And I want everyone to pick a team, uh, whether it's uh, Sydney or New Zealand. But uh, anyone who loves basketball is going to be in there and uh, and cheering one or the other on. So that's what we want to see. We want to see sold out uh, venues and we want everyone to tune in on TV and radio and, uh, and listen in.